0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Blended Kingdom Families podcast. We are your hosts, Scott and Vanessa Martindale, and this is episode 10. Woo-hoo! So exciting. And this month we are talking about dealing with ex-spouses. And so we're just going to continue that conversation today. And we're specifically going to be talking about dealing with challenging ex-spouses. And so the verse that I want to start us off with today, it's coming from Romans 14, 19. And it says, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. And you guys, you know, we know that in blended families and with dealing with ex-spouses and co-parenting relationships, maintaining peace can be hard.
1: It's very hard. Uh, and there's a lot of issues that, that we have found through talking with couples and the people that reached out to us that this is a major problem with blended families. Yeah. And it doesn't. it's not just the ones who are just recently divorced. It could be those ones who have been divorced for a long time. And these challenging situations continue to fire up. Yeah. And so we just want to talk through a few of them. Um, so we're going to look at Number one, we're going to look at physical abuse. If there was, even before the divorce or after, emotional abuse, child neglect, uh, dealing with toxic relationships, and then lastly, dealing with toxic communications. And we're going to look at this both from a spiritual side, and then we're also going to look at it from a practical side. So Vanessa, take us through a little bit more of the spiritual side of how we attack this problem and how we can come to some solutions.
0: Yeah, you know, so when we can show love to our ex-spouse, regardless of the things that they have said to us, the things that they have done to us, um, this ultimately pleases God. And it pleases his heart when we can do that. Um, and it, and then when we do that, we are seen as selfless servants. And, um, you know, as Christians, we are all summoned and called um, to... Uh, to edify one another and to strive for peace between each other. And so I think some things that we can do is obviously pray. Um, you know, that's something that we always, always want to implement and, you know, lifting each other up, speaking declarations over one another. Um, and just, um, you know, trying to maintain that peace between the other parent.
1: Yeah. And this really, you know, that first solution, it's really starting with you. So if, if you're making a conscious decision that you want to, to change this relationship. Yes. You may be thinking in the back of your mind, well, I don't know if they are ever going to change right? or if they are ever going to be nice to me or speak nice to me. right? The first thing we can do is start changing our own heart because whether we are... Um, the recipient of that abuse yes. uh, or in some cases the initiator of that abuse. Cause sometimes yes. both parties are equi- equitable in responsibility. Right. The first thing the parties have to do is one person has to decide there needs to be some change. And if you're Absolutely. listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I want a better relationship. Well, this, the change starts with you. Yes. The change starts with your heart and where you're going for guidance on who is leading your heart Is it being led by hate and feelings of of neglect and hurt and anger? Um, And if it is, you're going to continue to see the same results. But you need to turn your heart to Jesus and what Jesus says about our hearts and the way we should approach our um, adversaries.
0: Absolutely. And you guys, if you read throughout Scripture, especially in the New Testament, I mean— you know, Jesus cares the most about our heart and the condition of it. And just like it says in Matthew, um, when you're reading the Beatitudes, it says in Matthew five, um, I believe it's five, eight, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Um, you know, here Jesus teaches that purity of the heart was one of the most important things. And so, um, whenever we can truly, love and forgive um, and maintain that purity in our heart. And when we're going to God with our issues with our ex-spouse and laying them at his feet, um, ultimately that's going to change us. It's going to change our heart. And then whenever we experience that change, that gives our ex-spouse um, the opportunity to see Christ through us, and that's where the heart change happens. The heart change happens when you can love them despite what they have done to you, and despite what they've said to you.
1: Hundred percent agree. And a lot of and a lot of you could be thinking, well, this is something that I, I can try to do, but I don't really know how far I'm going to get. Sure, because uh, a lot of people hear this in theory, and they're like, okay, I'll pray, right? And they may not get a result the next day. Well, right. they get more discouraged. I think that there are other avenues you can go to not only to 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 encourage you but to teach you how to seek this freedom and how to seek this uh, prayerful prayer life. So right. Vanessa, what what would you suggest to people that are standing out there listening and they're like where where should I where should I start?
0: Okay. In the spiritual? In the spiritual, in the spiritual. Yeah. In the spiritual. You know, I think it's just um, you know guys One thing that I've learned here recently is that, you know, we don't receive because we don't ask. And, you know, if you're sitting here saying, I do want to get along with my ex-spouse. I do want, you know, my children to grow up seeing two parents, co-parent well. I would say, you know, going to God with that request of, you know, Father, this is what I want. This is my heart's desire. And it's to have an amicable relationship. Also, I, you know, I think going to the church and um, going to... You know, seeing if there's any pastoral counseling, if mm-hmm. there's any mentoring, any healing or freedom classes, because when we're equipped and we're given that knowledge and wisdom, then we can better use those tools and walk out the life.
1: Well, we can walk out equipped, right? We're, walk walking, out equipped we're walking out equipped to better
0: do this relationship.
1: Exactly. And and I think that the depths of what we're talking about in terms of forgiveness, in terms of healing Um, really need to focus and and get fed through a local church and through a local community. So going out, getting godly counsel, surrounding yourself. um, And and I'm going to say this, and you may think I'm, well, kind of outside the box here, but maybe getting outside your even circle of friends that have maybe encouraged you in some ways or another and getting to a place where you're surrounding yourself with really godly advice, people who are coming from a place of healing and freedom um, and really associating, not necessarily your entire past, but really where you want to go. Sure. So wonderful stuff. I I also want to talk, for those who are listening, and if you're a husband and you're married to a woman uh, who was married before from the spiritual sense, um, I want to just, I spoke on this a couple of days ago and I want to kind of emphasize it again. Husbands, we, have the, uh, we are given the, the right by our marriage and by God to protect our wives. So first of all, we can be in prayer with them to go through this process. Um, but also we can be in that we're given a spiritual authority to help protect our wives. So we're going to see this play out in the spiritual, but we'll also see it play out in the practical side as well. Sure. Yeah. So, going more to the practical side, as we're looking to address physical abuse, emotional abuse, child neglect, toxic relationships, and toxic communications. Yes. Let's put out some practical solutions and some things that should yes. be top of mind for our listeners. What would uh, What would you go through first?
0: Yeah. So, the first thing you know, I would recommend is we want to follow the divorce decree. Whenever you're in a relationship with an ex-spouse who can be very challenging, who is non-compliant, who is exhibiting, you know, any verbal abuse, emotional abuse, you know, child neglect, all those things that you just mentioned, babe, um, you know, following the divorce decree is the best thing that we can do. It, it was put in place for a reason. Um, you know, it's there to give us boundaries mm-hmm. and protect us. It provides structure it provides routine not only for you, but for the children, most importantly. It provides stability and it can also give common ground. You know, if it's a, a divorce decree where it's a 50 50 type of custody and joint um, part, parent, um, um, parentship, or what, what I'm not sure what the exact word is, it can give common ground so that, you know, each parent has mutual responsibility mm-hmm. and not one is greater than the other.
1: And if it's those situations where it's first third and fifth or maybe even uh like the standard or yes. the our extended standard those are the situations where we see that there's usually some 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 conflict there sure. because um sure. a lot of times with divorce decrees and people who are going through divorces they just want to get through it. Yes. And so or they don't spend enough, you know, time or money on lawyers to get the right decree in place. Yes. And so it's years later that they're now becoming either a, a victim to what the, the divorce decree says, because it, maybe maybe it wasn't written fairly. Sure. Or uh, it's just gotten to the point where you're not following it at all. So.
0: Yes. And two, you know, I, I've, I've spoken to several single mothers who they just wanted to get through the divorce. And so mm. they just said yes to whatever it was to get through it as fast as possible. And, you know, one of the common things that they deal with is the lack of child support because the, the their ex-spouse, you know, mm. was trying to cut that down and they just wanted to get out of the situation but not really thinking through it.
1: Yes. And and one of the things that we're going to do as we kind of end the podcast is we're going to talk a little bit about the legal side. So just remember the divorce decree is a legal document. That legal document can be changed under the right circumstances. So um, the next thing we're going to talk about is maybe how to specifically kind of warn off physical and emotional abuse.
0: Yes. So I would say seeking safety when needed, you know, safety, your safety and the, the safety of the children. It's, it's number one priority. It's, it's the first thing that, that you need to do and implement. And I would say that with that seeking out a strong support system, whether that's with a family member, uh, a close, you know, family friend, a couple um, that strong support system is going to be imperative for your healing process as you go through the divorce, if you're going through the divorce or even afterwards. Um, But you always want to make sure that you're saved. If that's going to a local shelter or Mm -hmm. like I said, staying with a family member or with a friend.
1: Yeah. I would also add, um, make sure that you're documenting. Yes. Um, Very important. I, I can't stress this enough. People don't necessarily remember facts months, months after things happen. Document events, document text conversations, document email conversations, whether it's just journaling, hey, this happened. uh, Those abusive and toxic relationships – we would love to say heal on their own, but a lot of times they're healed through the legal system. And so you need to have those facts straight. Obviously those are the most extreme situations when it comes to uh, ex-spouses. If if your life is in jeopardy or if your child is unsafe, we want to make sure that those are documented and that you have that information to give. Yes. Uh, The next thing we're going to do, talk about is, you know, child neglect, uh, toxic relationships and toxic communications. So one of the things that that I always like to recommend is that you set boundaries for phone and in-person communication. Yes. And this is what I mean by that is you have the ability to determine how somebody speaks to you. So if you feel like that conversation is is getting to an aggressive or a non-healthy place, you also have the ability to end that conversation, to explain in a nice way. Yes. Um, hey, I, I, I don't want to be spoken to that way. So this conversation is going to end. You know, we can communicate when, when, when we can do this in a healthy way. Absolutely. If you do that and you do that enough times, uh, eventually the, the pattern will be set and the boundary will be set. Yes, So I, agree. Uh, I know a lot of times um, people are communicating. It may not be by the phone. It may be by a lot of times just by text message. Right. So I know that Vanessa, you had some thoughts on text. Uh, maybe you want to share, uh, that would help.
0: Right. I think, you know, if if you're not able to speak, you know, person to person or on the phone, cordially or without any type of verbal um, harassment or abuse, you know, text message and email is the way to go. But I would say before sending any text message or any email, always pray or seek the Holy Spirit in what to say, or if he even wants you to say anything. Second is let it sit, let it sit overnight, let it sit for a couple of hours, writing out of anger or writing out of reaction, um, ultimately can lead to more devastation or more, um, animosity or discord. And so I would just say one, pray, let it sit overnight and then have your spouse, look over it, have your spouse read it. And if it's something that, you know, they don't agree with, or they're like, Hey, this might've been, you know, a little too harsh, you know, mm-hmm. it's just taking a few steps before sending something that ultimately could lead to, uh, a potential more negative, you know, situation.
1: Sure. And I think, you know, one thing about text and email communication to remember is, is once you send it, it doesn't belong to you. Right. And, to your understanding it may not be interpreted the way that you want to interpret absolutely um and i think it's really interesting you talk about the, the delayed on text messaging you know it's funny email actually has that functionality you actually can put a control in your email that says don't send this for 10 minutes Oh, right uh, so it'll go in your outbox yep. it'll sit there and if you happen to like remember like oh i don't want to send that so you can go in and you can uh change sure. it delete it do whatever it is but text messaging yeah once you hit send you don't own it anymore. That's right. Um, and so it gives you that ability to to speak in haste. It also gives that ability to speak kind of like every time you you send a text message is like a mic drop moment. You're like, drop the mic. Yes. This is what I'm saying. And and a lot of times that it just it's not healthy. Uh, it's usually done late at night when you're tired. So I love right. the idea. Write the text out. Let it sit overnight look at it again the next morning and then about, then pray about it and decide if that's something you want to send. Sure. Um, the next thing is putting relationships on, on solid ground. And this is really dealing with the, the toxic relationships. So I, I want to address something um, that I see as a common mistake that happens with spouses, especially as they're newly separated or newly getting divorced, is this idea that you know, we still enjoy each other physically. So I've seen that where divorced spouses are still basically hooking up. Mm -hmm. And that's just such a toxic relationship because it's taking something that God created that was separated and you're then inserting something that was meant to be inserted by God. And it's not going to give you the healthy co-parenting relationship that you want overall.
0: Right. I think it um, can also allow for a place of confusion to come in.
1: Lots of confusion. And,
0: you know, people may look at it as, well, I was married to them. You know, this was my spouse. I mean, I should be able to, you know, still enjoy intimacy with them. Um, But again, that can bring up feelings and emotions um, and cause confusion. And again, confusion is not something from God. Confusion is something from the enemy. And ultimately that can bleed down into the family unit and have a negative effect on the kids. Whereas they don't understand hey, mom and dad are divorced, they're living in separate houses, but you know, understand or see that you're still having a physical relationship. And that can be very detrimental to their mental health and emotional health and them not understanding.
1: Yes. And uh, also when it comes to toxic communications... Setting guidelines for uh, for healthy communication. So we just talked about text. Email is another I think is a good way to uh, sometimes if you need to get a point across or you need to communicate something, but sure. you can't do that because maybe you and your ex-spouse just can't talk slivily to each other. So text and email, those are also two trackable, traceable you know, forms of communication that you have a record of. Yes. Uh, I always say, if you're going to say something important and you don't have a good, good relationship, say it via email. So you have a record of that. Yes. Um, the other things that we're going to talk about, and it really comes back on the legal side. And a lot of people don't have these in their divorce decrees are the apps like my family wizard, uh, or access to a parent facilitator. So let's talk briefly about those two. Yeah. Um, so tell, tell everybody what's, what's my family wizard.
0: So my family wizard, it's an app tool that, um, co-parenting relationships that you can use. And it's just an amazing tool because it allows you to communicate with your co-parent, um, your ex spouse without having to communicate with them face to face. And this is something that can be really good for those of us who are in seasons with challenging ex spouses or, you know, just having that, um, hard relationship or whatever the case may be, but it allows you to text. You can upload, you know, the schedules for the 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 sports that your child is playing, everything to financials and medical and health yeah. insurance and, you know, calendars. And so you can upload everything in there so that your ex-spouse and you both know what is going on. And it also gives access to your lawyer and your parent facilitator to see what is going on.
1: And the other thing is, is you can also add uh, other family members into My Family Wizard. Sure. So a lot of times, you know, these situations come out of divorce and all of a sudden the the grandmother and the grandfather are kind of like, you know, they're, they're out of the loop all of a sudden and then they can't keep up with, you know, uh, right. Johnny's baseball game or, you know, uh, the recital that's going on. So it allows you to upload pictures, keep the yes. family, but it allows for healthy communication. Yes. And again, it's all traceable, trackable, reportable information. Um, yes. You're labeled to share bills, get paid, those different things. So my Absolutely. family wizard is a wonderful tool, especially for establishing the foundation of healthy communication. Yes. The second thing is the parent facilitator. A lot of people don't know what a parent facilitator is. Yes. So let me let me kind of uh, educate you those that, that don't know. If, if you went through a divorce, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, and depending upon where you went through that divorce – the concept of a parent facilitator may not have been brought up today. If you go through that, especially if you go through that in a major uh, uh, city, the judge is going to assign you to a parent facilitator. And what that is, is kind of like a legal liaison. Usually it's appointed by the courts to basically be the, uh, the mediator between the two family members. So especially if you're assigned by the court, uh, if one member, uh, one spouse wants to go see the facilitator, the other one has to go. So it really gives both yes. the, the the parents the ability to have somebody to go to in one-on-one situations where it's, it's vital to go uh, and you can get in to see them quickly.
0: Absolutely. And I think another good thing about having the parent facilitator is that it backs up what you're doing on my family wizard, because it it, it gives you a reference point and the the parent facilitator, you can go to them and say, Hey, you know, if you're having an issue about something or an issue about schedule, for an example, you can say it was in here. This is what we've been doing. And it just adds that extra layer of protection for you and for the children, Mm. um, before having to take extreme measures.
1: Exactly. Um, and I think, again, we're talking about really dealing with challenging ex-spouses. A lot of people have decent relationships with their ex-spouse and they don't, may not need all of these, you know, different criteria. But if you're in that season where it's becoming challenging and this may be a great option. Now, I know that I said that I was going to, go from kind of the final decree to my last point, yes. um, which is really when it comes to going back to court. Now we're going we're gonna to do another podcast just on litigation and that Woo-hoo! process of litigation. Uh, we may even have uh, an attorney with us to do that podcast. I would just say this, guys, um, going back to litigation doesn't have to be a huge deal. Uh, it, it can right. be and right. depending upon your circumstances, it could be more than others right but the divorce decree is there and it and it can be changed life circumstances do change you may need that as a healthy change to the child at right. that point depending on where they are in their life right and
0: Yeah. And I would just say, even if you have an amicable relationship with your ex-spouse, but the time has come that there needs to be some change and say you were doing first, third and fifth or extended weekends, and now you both agree to do 50, 50, but you're having a hard time with the trust factor, just going back to have that implemented and put into the papers to cover everybody, um, you know, can be something that you can do. It doesn't necessarily have to be a situation where there's a fight over the child or a fight over the time with the child. It can, it can be that you're, you're in a peaceful place with your ex spouse, but just to cover everybody, buddy, yeah. you can, you can go back and do that.
1: And and during that time, when you go back, you can add in things like you know required parent parent facilitator, facilitator sure. or using my family wizard. Yeah, uh, like I said, we're we're going to go into litigation a lot more. I think there's a lot to dig in with that topic. Yes, because I know a lot of blended families either a were there once, sure, and or b may need to go back there again. Right, and I think the prep work that you can do before you go see a lawyer and understand what that process is going to be is going to be very valuable to you. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We'll be bringing that to you in a later podcast.
0: Yes. All right, you guys. Well, this wraps up episode 10. We just want to say that we love you all and we look forward to speaking with you again next week. So be blessed in all that you do. We love you.
1: Have a great day.